we can agree that Jesus was born, lived, and died in the Roman province of Judea in the first century of the Common Era. But what was Judean society like at that time? What happened in the first century that led to both the rise of Christianity and Rabbinic Judaism? We'll start to find some answers today. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. The first century Jews of Palestine have long fascinated me. Simply put, we cannot understand modern Judaism or Christianity without an understanding of this century and its milieu. On this episode, we will focus on first century Judaism. On our next episode, we will discuss the birth of Jesus. And on the episode following that, we will talk about how Jews view the holiday of Christmas. To understand this century, we must go back a few decades to the first century before the Common Era. In response to a dispute between rival high priests, the Roman general Pompey laid siege to Jerusalem and conquered the city in 63 before the Common Era. While the early Roman Republic was allied with the Maccabees in their revolt against Greece, relations deteriorated as the Hasmonean Empire began to feel the strain of the encroaching Romans. Pompey entered Jerusalem and made Judea a Roman province in the region called Palestinia. Palestinia, a Latin word meaning Philistia, the land of the Philistines, has come down to us as Palestine with obvious modern implications. Until the reign of Constantine in the early fourth century, Rome had a simple policy towards governing, pay your taxes and keep the peace, the Pax Romana. If a country were to do both, Rome would leave them alone. They could live and worship as they pleased. Rome did ask that the captive nations set up a statue of the emperor in their shrines and offer sacrifices to him as they considered their emperors divine. For the Jews, though, who would never set up an idol or pray to a human being, Rome allowed them to offer prayers on behalf of the emperor, quite an enlightened policy and a smart way to keep the Pax Romana. Internally, though, the Jews of Palestine were divided. The Jewish general and historian Flavius Josephus who wrote in the last decades of the first century CE, while he was a guest of the Roman emperors, spoke of many different Jewish sects throughout Judea and the Galilee. Among them are three sects whom we know well, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Essenes. The major difference between these three sects was the degree to which they accepted what was called the oral law also known as the Oral Torah, Torah Sheba Alpeh, or even the Twofold Law. While the origins of the Oral Law are murky, the Pharisees claimed that God gave Moses both a written Torah, the five books of Moses, and an Oral Torah on Mount Sinai. This Oral Torah was transmitted by mouth from Moses to Joshua, then to the prophets, and eventually to the rabbis, 
also called the Pharisees. Conveniently absent from this chain of transmission were the priests, their contemporary Sadducees. The reason for priestly exclusion is easy to see. The Sadducees, the priestly class, focused on temple worship, rejected the oral law. They claimed that their interpretation of the Bible was the correct one. We'll get to specifics in just a moment. First, though, I want to talk about the third group that Josephus describes, the Essenes. The Essenes were also followers of the twofold law, the oral and written Torah. Unlike the Pharisees, though, the Essenes were also monastic. Members were all male, celibate, and subject to initiation rituals. And scholars bitterly debate whether the Essenes may have, and I emphasize may have, also been the Qumran community and the authors of the Dead Sea Scrolls. While there are many important differences between the Sadducees and Pharisees, let's look at only two of them, temple sacrifice and the resurrection of the dead. Both Pharisees and Sadducees believed in the importance and centrality of temple sacrifices in Jerusalem. While the sects differed in how they believed in the administration of the sacrifices, such as the role of the high priest on Yom Kippur, the Pharisees were simultaneously developing what became known as the synagogue. The Sadducees, on the other hand, rejected the concept of the synagogue. They felt that temporal sacrifice was the sole way to worship God. The resurrection of the dead is a concept that has tremendous implications, both for Jews and for Christians. One of the ultimate questions of life and one of the fundamental questions that any religion must answer is what happens after I die? In the Torah, when you die, that's it. You descend to Sheol, a kind of nebulous netherworld. Along with Messianism, Rabbinic Judaism added another key concept, the resurrection of the dead. Instead of going to Sheol, the rabbis believe that the souls of the righteous will ascend to heaven and when the Messiah comes, reunite with their bodies. The world to come in heaven and the resurrection of the dead and the messianic earth. We may die today, but in the future, our souls will return to earth and join with our awakened bodies in Jerusalem when the Messiah comes. In 2 Samuel, and elaborated upon by later prophets and certainly by the rabbis, God promises that a son of David will always sit on the throne of Israel. This led to the idea that the Messiah, a descendant of David, will appear one day and redeem the world. In Christian terms, the Messiah was Jesus, whose earthly father Joseph was of Davidic descent, and who, Christians believe, was also resurrected. For Jews, the Messiah is yet to come. While these were core principles for the Essenes as well, the Sadducees rejected the concept of the resurrection of the dead. They continued to believe in the biblical view of death, that when you died, that was the end of your existence. It's easy to see where this is going. Early Christianity adopted these and other rabbinic concepts when founding the early church. While the church did not adopt the oral law, the concept of a second law, which Christians call the New Testament, emanates directly from this idea. 
instead of adopting what would one day become the Mishnah, they created their own interpretation and augmentation of Torah, which became that New Testament. But there's much more to the story of first century Judaism, primarily the destruction of the temple and discovering where Jesus fits into this picture of Jewish life in Palestine. We'll talk about both after the break. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome back to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. Before we return to our discussion of first century Judaism, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Please remember to review and rate this episode on Apple, Spotify, or whatever service you are using. And I'm pleased to announce that we are now on Facebook podcasts. Just go to the Tour for Christians Facebook page and start listening. Also, please go back and listen to previous podcasts if you have not done so already. What happened to the temple? In 69 CE, the Jews of Palestine rebelled against Roman rule. Not all Jews advocated for rebellion. Many Jews wanted to rebel due to excessive taxation and the messianic hopes amongst many Jews in Judea. The Romans had long regarded Judea as a troublesome province, but instead of sending their best governors, they often sent their most sadistic or incompetent, such as Pontius Pilate, to rule. Also, the memories of the independent Hasmonean Empire were still fresh in their minds. In 69 CE, the rebellion broke out. The Romans quickly moved to put down the rebellion in the Galilee. Josephus writes of his defeat at Gamla in the modern Golan Heights. Josephus himself was taken prisoner and by various ruses endeared himself to the Roman general Vespasian and his son Titus, both of whom became emperors. Vespasian brought Josephus to Rome where he became the first person to write comprehensive extra-biblical histories of the Jewish people. After their victory in the Galilee, the Roman 10th Legion marched on Jerusalem. Jerusalem, however, was engulfed in its own civil war, even as the Romans approached. Pharisees and Sadducees were literally fighting each other, even after the Romans laid siege to the walled city. This made it relatively easy for the Romans to breach the walls of Jerusalem, finally conquering the city and destroying the second temple on the ninth day of the summer month of Av, the exact same day that the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar had burned the first temple to the ground. Since the Pharisees had developed a system of worship and ritual that was not dependent upon the temple, Judaism survived. Plus, thousands of Jews lived outside of the land of Israel. They too had developed ways to remain Jewish without sacrifices. These Jews lived in places as distant from each other as Alexandria, Persia, Babylonia, Asia Minor, Rome, and even the Roman colonies in Spain. The second question is, where does Jesus fit in? We will discuss the birth and early life of Jesus next week, but for now let's look at the bigger picture. Truth is, we don't know much. Josephus mentions that Jesus was a rabbi in the Galilee with a small following. He probably preached the twofold oral law to his followers. Josephus does not speak of his divinity 
a virgin birth, or any other concept found in the Gospels. Notably, there is one passage in Josephus which mentions him as the Christ, but most scholars agree that this is a later addition, added perhaps by the church father Eusebius, the same theologian who converted the Emperor Constantine in 313 of the Common Era. Jesus is one of many itinerant preachers wandering the Galilee. As evidenced by his teachings, Jesus and his followers practiced rabbinic Judaism. They lived in peace until Jesus decided to enter Jerusalem just prior to Passover. In today's terms, he was a blip on the radar. While his importance cannot be overstated today, it is a result of later actions and writings, not necessarily what he did in his time. Of course, many Christians will dispute this statement. So next week, we will look at this from the Christian perspective. We will examine the Gospels to discuss the birth of Jesus and the role that Jesus played in first century Judaism. I want to thank you for listening to Torah for Christians. Please remember to rate and review this and previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, or other streaming services. You can also like and hear us on Facebook. Have a wonderful week, and remember, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for us to live together as one. Till we meet again, I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians.